Shalom, and welcome to Via Hafta Yisrael, a Hebrew phrase which means you shall love Israel. We hope you'll stay with us for the next 30 minutes as our teacher, Dr. Baruch, shares his expository teaching from the Bible. Dr. Baruch is the senior lecturer at the Zera Avraham Institute based in Israel. Although all courses are taught in Hebrew at the Institute, Dr. Baruch is pleased to share this weekly address in English. To find out more about our work in Israel, please visit us on the web at loveisrael.org. That's one word, loveisrael.org. Now, here's Baruch with today's lesson. Our God is a good God that loves to bless His creation. And when I say His creation, I'm speaking about all people. We're going to look at chapter 65 of the book of Isaiah. And in this first session of this chapter, we are going to see that God can be found by those who were not even commanded to pursue Him, to seek Him, to obey Him. We're speaking here about a contrast between the nations and specifically the children of Israel. The children of Israel was giving much revelation and instruction through Moses and the prophets. But they did not heed this and they fell into disobedience. They pursued, as we will see, other gods, even though they had the truth being revealed to them. And Isaiah is contrasting that to nations that came out of idolatry that were not uh, commanded by the prophets, but nevertheless, they responded by God's revelation. And when I speak of his revelation, I'm speaking about his general revelation. That is through creation. When we look at this world, we find something. We find the hand of God. We find his order. We do not find randomness that that produces something simply because of a large amount of time. That's what the false teachers will present of this world through evolution and other theories that are not based upon truth that cannot be supported by even observation. What we find is when we look at this world, whether we're looking into the heavens or into the earth, we see God's structure, his order. We find that things do not just simply come about by chance, but by God's divine order. Look with me to the book of Isaiah, chapter 65 and verse 1. He's using these first two verses to contrast the nations with Israel. He says, Nidrashti lelo shalu, which means I was inquired or I was sought after, I was investigated by those that that they did not ask, meaning this. They were not required, they were not told to do so, but nevertheless, they responded. They were inquiring, they were seeking God. And furthermore, if we keep reading, it says, I was found by those that, that did not seek me meaning their objective was not to worship the god of israel but nevertheless they found the god of israel 
they were able to discern who the one true God is. And therefore, God says, because of these individuals, he says, I have said, Hineni, Hineni, which means, behold, I am, behold, I am. He revealed himself because of their inquiry, because they were, were seeking a, a God, not initially, but based upon this creation. They saw order. They saw the hand of creation, and they knew that there must be a creator, and therefore he says, I said, behold me, behold me, to a a nation that did not call upon my name, meaning they initially did not know the name of God. They could not do so, but nevertheless, they sought and they found him because... They understood that because of God's order of creation, there must be a creator, the one true creator, the God of Israel. And then he says, in contrast to them that were not given the Torah, did not have prophets, but nevertheless, he says, in contrast to these, he says, I have stretched forth my hands all day long to a people. What type of people? We see Am Sorer. Sorer speaks of, and we see this word appearing in the scripture in the book of Deuteronomy about a son who is utterly rebellious, one who would not receive instruction. He's given instruction, but he absolutely rebels against it, will not submit to it. He knows it but he rejects it and he says here concerning israel that they are a rebellious and an unteachable people who go and this is the ones who walk and this is a lifestyle a behavior in a way that is not good and here's why after their own thoughts here's the problem they were given god's revelation they said no we're not going to submit to that we're not going to implement that into our life but we're going to make decisions and we're going to go in this world according to our own thoughts and when we reject god's revelation and we go according to our own thoughts realize that is going to put us exactly where the enemy wants us and in a spiritual condition of weakness where we will fall easily as, as pray to the enemy because of disobedience. Disobedience is an invitation to weakness. When we reject the revelation, the illumination that God gives us through his word, as he did through Moses and the prophets to Israel, when we reject that, ignore that, we are inviting defeat into our life. Look now to verse 3. He's still speaking about Israel. He says, the people, the people that angered me before my face continuously. Now, this is to show not a a unawareness, not by accident, but rather a cognitive and a willful desire to rebel against God, literally says, 
they made me angry unto my face all day long all day long shows a consistency some will say it shows an intent as well as the fact that this verb for making angry is in the hifil it is the causative so they intended they wanted to their actions was to make god angry this is what it's saying here and how did they do this well it says sacrificing in the gardens and offering incense upon the bricks and the implication is for most scholars instead of making sacrifices and burning incense in the way that god commanded they did so on on brick altars according to the style the methodology of the nations rather than hearing and obeying the instructions of worship that god gave verse verse four now they followed their own thoughts and this was rooted in pride and pride always puts oneself before others thinking that oneself is more important and better than someone else and that's what we see in verse four the ones who and look at what it says here it says they're the ones who sit among the tombs and and are at watch they're watchers and this implies watching over as well a dead body a corpse whether it's in the tomb or outside the tomb waiting for bear they they do a night watch there and they eat what did they eat they eat the flesh of of swine of pigs now to me this is most informative we see a reference clear reference to death and honoring the dead now we serve a god a god of the living not the god of the dead those who who embrace a covenantal relationship with god it says that he is the god of abram Yitzchak, and yaakov he's not the god of the dead they are alive based upon god's covenant promises these are dead and they sit among the tombs and of the graves uh, uh going through the night watch and they are those who notice what it says the ones who eat the the flesh of a swine and soup their vessels have soup that is made of these detestable things these things that are not provided by god for food they say uh and here's where it talks about pride i mentioned earlier verse five they say come near unto me do not approach so those that were wanting to come near they say do not approach me don't come near for for i have sanctified myself and this means i am in the state of holiness and based upon the suffix it means i am more holy than you and thinking that we're better than someone else saying someone don't don't come into my presence because i am so holy it says these are the ones that the smoke of my anger and fire burns all day long this is what angers god's 
continuously. He is consistently against those, angry at those who set themselves up above others, who believe that they are holier than others, better than others spiritually, and set themselves apart. This is not what God has called us to do, to set ourselves apart from others. This is an attitude that goes against the, the call of doing ministry and being a blessing to others. Look at verse 6. Behold, it has been written before me. And what is this? God is saying, because of this, I have received instructions because of your attitude and behavior it's been written out for me meaning it's clear to me is what god's saying that this is what i must do he says keep reading in the middle verse six he says i will not be uh uh still god's not going to be slow rather he says i have paid and i will pay into their their chest meaning this the very center now how we can understand this is that god is saying i'm going to bring the fullness of my anger the fullness this word here for i will pay is derived from the word shalom and i've mentioned to you that shalom doesn't mean just peace but it's the outcome from the will of god and here they're going to receive the outcome of god's will to those who are prideful those who think that they are more holy than others those who instead of wanting to minister and bless and help those who say to others get away from me because i'm too holy to be around you god is going to pay out he is going to bring the fulfillment of his will towards these individuals and they are going to have when it says unto their their bosom it's this part of their body and what god is saying is that they have become a target for god to pay out in fullness his punishment upon them and we see why look at the next verse verse 7 your iniquities and it's just that in the plural your iniquities and the iniquities of your forefathers together meaning the the one and the same now here's what god's communicating through his word now remember we think of prophets and we think of isaiah jeremiah ezekiel and what's known as the minor prophets but but also in in judaism the books of of joshua and judges and first and second samuel first and second kings are also thought of prophecy why well samuel was was at the heart elijah elisha all of these were there and the judges they were in a sense those who revealed god's prophetic truth and so we see that that in the historical books some would call these we see that god reveals to us these forefathers and how they as well did not walk in obedience and i'm talking about the generations the generations during the time of judges also during the time of joshua during the time of of david and the other kings they had prophets at that time and they were for the most part 
utterly rebellious, rejecting this prophecy. This is why we see Babylonian exile, the Assyrian exile which preceded it, and how the people were finding themselves in slavery in the book of Judges because they did not respond properly. Look at verse 7. Your iniquities, he's saying they are the same of the iniquities of the earlier generations, your forefathers. The Lord said, the Lord has said, to those who burn incense upon the mountains and upon the hills what did they do they and this is a word which probably relates to blasphemy so upon the the hills and the mountains they they did things that they ought not look again at the end of this verse where it says who burn incense god spoken to these individuals who burn incense upon the mountains and who blaspheme me upon the hills. I have measured, measured your activity, your former activity, and I'm going to bring it, he says, once more unto the very heart of an individual. God is going to get to what we would think today. Oftentimes, if you've seen a target of an individual, Oftentimes, uh, military and law enforcement will, will practice shooting. And they have what's known as the kill zone, the very heart of an individual, the place where that, that, that bullet is best aimed at. This is what God says, that he is going to bring judgment upon those who rebel against his revelation, who seek after other gods, who worship them and who blaspheme him. He is going to bring his judgment to their very heart. He is measured out. Look at verse 8. Thus said the Lord, just as, just as the new wine is found in, in clusters. Now, what it's speaking about here is one going into the vineyards in order to harvest the grapes. And you find that these grapes are in in clusters. And he says something here. Look carefully. Thus said the Lord. Just as the the new wine is found in clusters. and, And he has said, do not destroy it. Why? There's a potential. For there is blessing in it. Meaning this. These clusters can produce wine. And this wine is going to be used to sanctify the name of God. There's a tradition within Israel that when one takes a cup, cup of wine, or new wine, that can also mean grape juice, that they bless the name of God. And it speaks about fruitfulness. So it's a a play. It's symbolic. Israel is seen as grapes and in the clusters, there is potential, a potential for blessing. So he says, do not destroy. And what does God say? Thus, or yes, there's a word of agreement, that Hebrew word can. He says, yes, I will do, meaning I will not destroy. I hear you and I'll respond on account of, notice what he says, my servants. Now, within Israel, there is a remnant of those who are faithful to him we see this in the days of elijah when when elijah says 
I and I alone am left that still worship you. God says, no, there's 7,000 that have not bowed their knee to, to bow. So God has his remnant. And because of this remnant, he says, on account of my servants, I will not destroy everything. There's going to be left a remnant in order that God's covenantal promises will in fact be achieved, will in fact become a reality. Look at verse 9. And I will bring out from Jacob Zerah. Zerah is a seed or an offspring. Now, let me simply point out that this term Zerah is very significant. It is the same term for the seed of Abraham. And that term, Zerah Avraham, here is just the word Zerah, it is used to speak of those who have a covenantal relationship with Messiah. Messiah is the seed of Abraham. And we are also, through him, members of that same offspring, that same kingdom family. He's the foundation of it but we can become part of it through him and faith in what he did. So there's great potential. Look again at verse 9. I will bring forth from Jacob an offspring and from Judah the one who inherit my mountain. So there's going to be an offspring and an heir. Now, Zerah and Yoresh here are in the singular. But it's speaking about a remnant, a remnant of Israel, the Jewish people. Jacob is mentioned here. And also we see in this same passage of scripture, Judah. Now, Judah is that tribe with the promise, the promise of Messiah. So Judah's mentioned as a way of emphasizing this promise, this messianic promise, which this passage is, is emphasizing to the reader through these symbolic uh, indicators once more i will bring out from jacob an offspring and from judah an heir an heir of what my mountain now what's important here is that he's talking about jerusalem and what is jerusalem associated with jerusalem is associated with worship and this is what it's talking about here keep reading it says and they will inherit it Who will? My elect ones. Now, we know that that Scripture tells us in the book of Romans, there's an election, and that election is based upon grace. God offers grace. The message of God's grace is the gospel. And therefore, one finds themselves elected into the family of God, not simply by, by God choosing or rejecting, but by God responding to those who hear his his offering of grace so it's this election notice what he says and they shall inherit it my elect ones and my servants they should dwell there now here we're talking about my mountain and here it's talking about mountain as synonymous with kingdom this authority of God's government that's going to be put into to reality, that's going to be established. 
this all and we're coming towards the end of isaiah that ends with a climax and that is speaking about a kingdom reality and so god here in this 65th chapter the beginning of it gives us these principles of kingdom experience look now at verse 10 for that remnant for that elect elected by grace notice what it says and there shall come about for sharon sharon is an area today we would see it just north of tel aviv and it says sharon is going to become an oasis for the flock and the flock here is referring to god's people and the valley the valley of Achor, that is known as the valley of trouble read some time in the book of joshua we see that that place being mentioned and this valley of trouble is going to become notice what it says the emic the valley of trouble is going to be and this is a a place that's fitting to lay down and take rest for my cattle so the cattle of god and here god's people are being likened to the flock of his pastor and the cattle of his his as well pasture it's a word which speaks about a place which is fitting for rest where animals lay down in safety without a care so this is what god wants to do and he says for my people notice my people who do what they that seek me and this is to inquire of me pursue me investigate after me this is what god expects from creation certainly first and foremost from israel that's been given so much with god's revelation his word they should easily and have the right desire to pursue after him in order that they might find him but notice what happens there are those look at verse 11 there are those who instead of responding with faith to god's revelation and what's his revelation i am the sovereign god that i want to bless you i love you i will forgive you i will give to you mercy and grace i will do everything if you're willing if you're desiring if you're submissive to this i will work in your life to bring about my goodness that you will have eternity in my kingdom under my kingdom authority which has so many benefits we need to realize that when we submit to the authority of god we are inviting blessing and god's provision in the fullest sense into our lives when we ignore the authority of god reject that rebel against it we're inviting problems hardships despair discouragement and destruction into our life and that's why i said at the beginning of this message god makes it so clear what do we want do we want goodness submit respond in faith to what god has said if we want trouble and hardship we can have that just walk according to as he said earlier according to one's own thoughts well look now to verse 11 what he says 
and you still speaking to the majority of the children of Israel. But you are our departers, those who have left the Lord. Now, it's not because they, they stumbled innocently. God says at the beginning, I can be found by those who weren't even seeking me. These are individuals that know the truth but are not submitting to the truth. So you have left the Lord. You have forgotten my holy mountain. You have forgotten about worshiping me, that location, and the significance of that. Now, God's holy mountain, we know it, Jerusalem. And Jerusalem, a place of worship, and it's through worshiping God that we change, we're transformed, and we can be made into those who become the recipients of what God wants us to have. That's the benefits of worship. But what do they do? They ignore Jerusalem and the temple there. And what did they do? They arranged uh, the table for God. God is a pagan deity, of course, an idol, that speak of, of destiny. Now, we hear a lot about destiny. Be careful. I'm more interested in God's providence, God's will. Don't talk about this is my destiny. God was the God of destiny among the pagans. So they arranged, they set in order the table for God, this pagan God, and they filled up, that is, they again put everything into place unto another God, many, which is the God of portion so they were looking for their destiny and their portion their lot in this world so they were arranging that this table for god and and arranging this this sacrifice this libation for the god many well let me tell you this is blatant idolatry and what does god say to those to do that instead of receiving god's goodness his his love his blessings his provision his leadership in your life what happens notice what he says this will be our last verse look at verse 12. he says i have appointed it's a play on words because many is portion god says you want a portion i will portion out for you and what's god going to appoint for them he's going to appoint a sword and all of you all of you at the slaughter, the massacre is another way we could say that, Tevach, you will, will bend the knee, you will bow down to this massacre. On account that, that I call, see, it's not God's heir. God's not lacking something. He did his part. He says, because I have called, but you did not answer. I have spoken, and you did not hear. Now, why didn't they answer? why didn't they they listen here's the reason because you have done evil in my eyes that's the problem they wanted to do that which god says is evil now they did all of this because it was according to their thoughts it seemed right it seemed proper it seemed desirable to them but but god says you have done evil in my eyes and in 
what I have delighted. So in what I delight, you have not chosen. So let me conclude in a very simple way. What decisions are you making? What are you choosing? Are you choosing those things that God is delighted with? Those things that God says yes to? Or are you neglecting God's revelation? This is how you know what is desirable to God, what is pleasing to him. What are those good things that he delights in? Through his word, only through his word, you'll never stumble upon them. Or are you making your life's decision, following what you have been misled to think is your true destiny, your lot in life? And when we do that, opposed to God's revelation, we are going to be led to that slaughter we are going to experience that that sword of of death that's going to pierce us forever and ever this is serious this is the truth of god now is the time to make that decision well i'll close with that until next week and we move into the second part of isaiah chapter 65 until then shalom from israel Well, we hope you will benefit from today's message and share it with others. Please plan to join us each week at this time and on this channel for our broadcast of loveisrael.org. Again, to find out more about us, please visit our website, loveisrael.org. There you will find articles and numerous other lectures by Baruch. These teachings are in video form. You may download them or watch them in streaming video. Until next week, may the Lord bless you in our Messiah Yeshua, that is, Jesus as you walk with it. Shalom from Israel.